Hey, this is Stephen A. Smith from No Mercy. Festivals, football, flannels. Some say fall is their favorite time of year. And this fall, there are now updated COVID-19 booster shots designed to help protect against COVID-19 variants. If you've had your primary series, schedule an updated COVID-19 booster shot appointment as soon as you're eligible. And don't forget to enjoy the foliage sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. It's another edition of your favorite podcast named after a former random baseball player. Rico Bronia. I do warn you. We've had some very depressing episodes of Rico Bronia over the last few weeks and months. We've also had some heartwarming editions of Rico Bronia. Today will be on the depressing level because we will go through all the disaster scenarios involving losing Jacob DeGrom. Where would be the worst place for him to sign? Where would be the best place for him to sign if it's not the Mets? How depressed would we be if he was with this team? How depressed would we be if he was with that team? So there'll be a lot of... I hate to say it, a lot of sad talk involving the great Jacob DeGrom. Tommy Lugauer joins us today, Pete Hoffman, as always. And I thought Lugie was a good person to join us because of his unwavering hatred for the New York Yankees. Because I do think when we talk about Jake with the Yankees, I just have a feeling he's going to have that as the number one disaster scenario. But, but, but hold that. We'll get to that in a few minutes. First of all, are we all okay about losing Joely Rodriguez? Or is there a state of depression over the fact that Joely Rodriguez has now left the New York Mets organization. Pete, I'll start with you. Good riddance. See you later. <laughs> he wasn't that bad. Like if I was making a list of the worst middle relievers in the history of the New York Mets, I don't even think he'd make the top 50. You know, a guy That's like Rich Rodriguez would finish ahead of him. Mel Rojas would finish ahead of him. Toby Borland would finish ahead of him. You want me to keep going? Like he was no, no, not no. a top 50 crap reliever i get it but we could do better and that's the that's my mo going into this offseason is we will get better not stay the same so jolie rodriguez for the highs you gave us you gave us a lot of lows we'll do better see ya you all right loogie missing joelly will you miss him no i mean it, it's massive indifference on my part <laughs> uh, especially with relievers dude like sometimes like year to year you never know but like i i have no real strong Take if he was back, whatever he's gone, great. But see ya. It's funny the reliever who had the best season last year, obviously besides Edwin Diaz, is Adamadovino, and he seems to be the one mm-hmm. reliever the Mets are interested in bringing back. We've heard that they have no interest in Seth Lugo. Basically, see you later, Seth. They obviously let Joely Rodriguez walk away, and Adamadovino is the one reliever that they seem to have interest in. And I would be indifferent to keeping him or losing him because. Kind of like what you said about relievers being up and down, whether you had a good year or a bad year, a lot of times it has no relation to what you're going to do next year. And I look at Adam Adovino very similarly to the way I viewed Adam uh, Aaron Loop from a year ago, where Aaron had this amazing year for the Mets. Sure, in theory, bring him back, why not? But there was no chance he was going to have as good of a year again. He didn't. He was gone. Adovino's the same way. If they bring him back, okay, fine. He's a New Yorker, great. Hopefully he can be half as good as he was a year ago. But if they lose Adam Adovino because they don't want to pay him, you know, whatever he ends up getting, $8 million a year, I'm not going to cry over it. I don't think there's any reliever in this bullpen outside of Diaz who they took care of that I would actually be upset about them losing. 
No doubt. They they brought back the guy they needed to bring back. That was Diaz. That was it. Any other guy to me is is changing. It's mixing parts in and out. Uh, Diaz is obviously the anchor. The other thing I saw, Mike Puma had a story a few days ago about the Mets reaching out to Carlos Beltran to join their coaching staff. And I would love it if Carlos Beltran was able to humble himself to join a coaching staff. And I don't think he ever will because he was the manager of the New York Mets. He was. He was the manager of the New York Mets with no coaching experience, no managerial experience. He was the guy. And then the job was taken away from him. It's tough to imagine that Carlos Beltran, after having the job, even if it was only for multiple days, would ever go back and humble himself to being a coach. So if he had said yes, I I thought that would have been cool, especially in a year in which he very well may be voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. But I... I don't know how you guys feel about this. I'd actually be very surprised if Bill ever coaches and subsequently ever manages again. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't see him uh, ever. It's, it seems like he was the biggest person in the, coming out of that scandal. And I feel like, and he was always looking for that perfect situation, which is never going to pop up again, because I don't think the Yankees are going to ever hire him. The Mets are never going to hire him again. Even though they inquired about him just helping out, if it's not a head roll for him, it's it's bust. Um, and it's kind of like crappy, but let's put it this way. He goes down as the only manager to never lose a game for the Mets. <laughs> well, he also goes down as the only manager to never freaking win a game for the Mets either, if you well. want to look at it that way. <laughs> yeah, we never first-guessed and second-guessed Carlos Beltran. And I was so fascinated to see what kind of manager he would be, yeah. not just from an in-game strategic standpoint, but more how he was going to deal with the media every single day. Because Beltron, you know, when he first got to the Mets, was not the greatest with the media. And he was very sensitive to fan criticism. And when you're a manager, you face criticism that is so unfair from guys like me, from fans in general, that I could see it wearing on you. And I was always fascinated when they initially announced they were hiring him going into the 2020 season, how he was going to ever be able to deal with that. Um, it'd be cool if he joined the coaching staff, only because Buck Showalter's not going to manage forever. So if he's going to join as a bench coach with an eye on, hey, maybe this is his job in a couple of years, that'd be great because it would be cool to right the wrong of him not getting that opportunity because let's face it, he didn't get the opportunity because Major League Baseball decided to put his name in that report and no one else's. Yep. And so it was almost a Rob Manfred message to the Wilpons. You better not let this guy manage. So I agree with my former partner, Beningo, who's always said he's been hosed, he was screwed. He was, but... If he's not going to take a lower level kind of job, he's probably not going to get that opportunity again. And that's his decision. If he doesn't want to be a bench coach, if he doesn't want to be a hitting coach or whatever minimal job the Mets or another team would offer him, then look, it's just not going to happen. It is what it is. Yeah. Listen, Evan, I think, first of all, Beltran, I think is a Hall of Famer. I think he will go in as a Met. I would love to see him back with the organization. Buck is not going to be around forever. If he was to lower himself to not lower, but, you know, take a lesser job, a bench coach job in a way to prep to be the manager, I'd be all for that. I was happy when they hired him. I was upset when they had to lose him. So I've always been a big Beltron guy. I'd love to see him manage the team one day. But, you know, I get it, though. But I do get it. It's tough to then, after all that happened, come in and take that sort of role. We'll do a few episodes down the road about the Hall of Fame uh, and its Met relation coming up. (laughs) But it is so interesting to think about Beltron getting into the Hall of Fame and having a Met cap on his plaque. Because 
he is not fully accepted by Met fans. He isn't. Now, I think there's a lot of Met fans who like him now looking back. They think back to his legacy. We talked about it on the podcast recently about the greatest free agent signings of all time. It's him in a runaway. It's not even close. He's clearly the guy. And then I think you also look at him and say, hey, he got us Zach Wheeler, which was a nice deal. So I do think that most Met fans now have made peace with Carlos Beltran, but a Hall of Famer wearing a Met hat is rare. There's very few guys that have ever done that. And (laughs) he may be one of them. And he's not loved in that way. He's appreciated and I think he's liked. But if this guy goes into the Hall of Fame with a Met hat on, I think it's going to create a very interesting dynamic on how Met fans respond to that. I don't, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole, but yes, he was criticized by Met fans for taking it easy, lackadaisical, and they won't let it go that he took a crazy tough pitch for a strike three against another awesome player. So, I mean, sure, I but sure, but the other thing too is again, I always go back to this where that's the only playoff appearance we saw as Mets fans and going into signing Carlos Beltran it was this guy is so clutch in the playoffs get ready it's going to be phenomenal and that was it that's our that's our experience of him as in a playoff uh experience and it sucked it wasn't good unfortunately but it's not his fault necessarily that they didn't have a playoff appearance for him to succeed in in 2007 and 2008 because as I pointed out last time he was actually clutch down the stretch for this team all right let's get one of the few guys one of the few guys, absolutely. Yeah. Right, let's get to the ground. First of all, I want to make this very clear, and I think I've said this a hundred times, and I'll say it a hundred and first time. There is no way and no reason for Jacob Degrom to not be a New York Met in 2023. Uh, I believe it is unacceptable for them to be outbid. I don't think this is this. I don't think we should go about the Degrom free agency with this cold-hearted. Well, how many innings has he thrown the last two years? What is he going to do the next three years? Is he worth this amount of money? What's his war? What's that? I don't want to play that game. He is a legendary Met, and I believe the Mets should take whatever risk is necessary to keep him. And that means making sure no one else outbids you. So if there's another team that's willing to give him a fourth year, then you've got to do it. In my opinion, we have a billionaire owner. This is what we've been waiting for our entire lives, to have an owner that wasn't the Wilpons. I'm not letting personally a third year or a fourth year keep me from a career Met remaining a career Met. And certainly there's this been this feeling over the last few weeks that DeGrom actually wants to stay, that the only way DeGrom would leave is if the Mets get outbid. So I want to make this clear. It is unacceptable for the New York Mets to be outbid. With all of that said, if there is a team to get Jacob DeGrom that I will eventually make peace with and say, okay, it could have been worse. I don't even think it's close. Obviously, you wipe out the entire National League. There's not a National League team any of us would be okay with because there's a chance he comes back and haunts us. That includes the Pittsburgh Pirates, who for some reason seem to be acquiring first baseman slash DHs this offseason, whether it's <laughs> Jimon Choi or Carlos Santana. I don't care if it's the Pirates. I don't want them in the National League. So that eliminates 14 teams from this league that I would have no interest in. So that takes you to the American League. In my opinion, and you can counteract me on this, it includes every American League East team. Why every American League East team? Because I don't want to see Jacob DeGrom a lot. And if he's facing the New York Yankees five times a year, that means I'm watching him. So 
for you, Lugie, who hates the Yankees, and I understand that. I don't like the Yankees either. I'm not acting as if I'm some kind of closet Yankee fan. I'm not. I'd rather see them lose. I don't want them in Toronto making five starts against the Yankees a year because even if that hurts the Yankees, that means we have to watch them five times a year. Do you agree with that about the American League East and him? I, I do. I look at it like this. I, I see it as we're in a relationship with Jacob deGrom, uh, a long-distance one. So if he goes to Texas, let's just say, that's like, hey, I'm dating a girl. She's from Idaho. We break up. She stays in Idaho. I stay in New York. And other than my Facebook timeline, I don't really see what's going on. I'm going to see a Ranger game. Maybe if I have the middle reliever and I need a, a hold, he'll beat you in fantasy uh, like I always do. Uh, but if he's in the American League East, Dev, like you said, I'm seeing my old girlfriend all the time. And even if, yeah, he beats my mortal enemy, I still have to see him. I have to see him around. And, and I don't want to see him. I want him to go to baseball, you know, essentially Siberia. Yes. And away from me. That'll help yes. the breakup. Now, 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 look, there's a risk that he go. And I look, we bring up Texas because Texas is the rumored upon team. You know, he's not being rumored to sign with the Oakland A's or the Kansas City Royals or the Chicago White Sox or the Minnesota Twins or any other, dare I say, irrelevant American League team. It's Texas. But what's appealing about Texas is that as of right now, and unless things change, they're not even a factor of facing the Yankees in an ALCS, while the Astros are, which is why I rule the Astros out. I don't want them in Houston. The Houston Astros have become like an extra local team for us. We see them a lot. We hear about them a lot. Yankee fans can't beat them, which means it's all about Houston. And so I don't even want them there. And I think about 15 or 20 years ago, maybe our view on this would be different. We'd say, hey, if we're going to lose a lifelong Met, let them go to the Red Sox. Let them go to a team that's sticking it to the Yankees because it would actually make us feel better. In this case, I think because times have changed, it won't make me feel better. Because like you said, Lugie, I think it's a great comparison. I don't want to see my ex. And if they're rivaling the Yankees, I'm seeing my ex a lot. So I rule Houston out too. I don't want him anywhere near the Houston Astros. And the, and the Yankees could beat Jake, which would be even worse. Could you imagine like Jake on the mound for the Blue Jays in the playoffs and the Yankees putting up like six runs against the guy? It would be heartbreaking. It would, it, yes. it would, it would just totally, totally suck. It would like be, it'd be like losing twice, essentially. Yep. That's what it would feel like. Hoff, do you yeah. agree with this? So I, I I got you with the NL East. That that's a hundred percent. Like if he's ever on the Phillies or the Braves, it's really Braves first, then the Phillies, and then Marlins and Nationals, whatever. Who cares? But I don't need to see him in the NL East. So I agree with you there. I I won't though go as far as like the whole NL. Like let him go to Colorado. Like I don't care. Like if 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 at that point in time he's cho- choosing not to be a Met anymore and he wants to get more money, which again I don't think he's going to get a bid by by Cohen. So he's not leaving. Let's be serious. But if he ever did, he felt like he wanted to go to Colorado. Good, go for you. Go to Cincinnati. Go to somewhere a team that it's not about seeing you every few like months or whatever it is. I don't want to see you in the playoffs. I don't want to see the success. Go die on a team. Yeah, but I don't off, care off, about off, that. Off. You could be on a crappy. Here's team. the problem with that, and I and I understand, especially nowadays with the new schedule, the Mets are going to face every team in baseball every single year. So you really can't hide as much as you used to. If Jacob DeGrom is a member of the Texas Rangers, there's a decent chance, some may say a 60% chance, we're doing the math on three games with a five-man rotation, a 60% chance we're going to see him. We're going to face him. And I get that. So it is a little different than it was 15, 20 years ago. 
But here's the difference with the National League, and it's not just the fact that you play each National League team six times as opposed to three times. You can very easily be in a pennant race with any team in the National League. You can. And, and it's not that crazy to, to write that scenario. First of all, we've got more teams making the playoffs than ever before. That's number one. I mean, look about, look at it. We've got six freaking teams making the playoffs or 17. What are we up to now? I'm losing my freaking mind with that now. 75 teams get in. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's six, but they're working on the seventh. It's coming. Six, we, that's right. We want to make sure that people in Pittsburgh are excited at the end of August for the Pirates. Right. But that's the reason why him going to Cincy or Colorado, I know they're not being rumored, but the reason why I wouldn't just throw that away is it's so easy nowadays with this playoff format to see him in a pennant race with you or facing him in a wild card series. I mean, I'll write a realistic scenario for you. The Mets win 98 games next year. They happen to be in a division with a team that wins 105. And so they're destined to be a wild card team. And here comes the upstart plucky Colorado Rockies, led by their veteran ace, Jacob DeGrom. And all of a sudden, DeGrom's pitching game one of the wild card series against Max Scherzer at City Field. Those scenarios are easy to understand and see happen. The World Series is a far unlikelier destination. Yeah. Could DeGrom go to Texas? Can it all click? And can the Rangers get to the World Series? You know what? If that's where we see Jake again, I'll sign for it. It means we're in the freaking World Series. So while I may not want to see Jake in the World Series, a lot can happen. Tom Seaver was on the Red Sox in 1986, but the Mets didn't see him in the World Series because he was old and they didn't have him on the active roster. Doc Gooden was on the 2000 Yankees. They didn't see him in the World Series. So not that DeGrom is those guys. I know it's different in terms of where they are in their career, but it's just easier to never see the guy again. And that's what happens if you send him to an American League West or American League Central team that doesn't have legitimate ties to the Yankees and can kind of go away. 